Kia ora, let's play some Elvis. It's time for our Tuesday music feature. Presley, Burning Love, the king of rock and roll, warming up for his 1972 mini tour in April of that year. Now, RNZ producer Jeremy Parkinson is a fan. He was just six months old at the time, but for some reason this particular tour and the movie which was made of it has been a favourite of his for more than 30 years. And Jeremy's in the Auckland studio with me. Hi. How are you going? Yeah. We'd last talked about Bruce Springsteen, I think. Yeah, yeah. A um, couple of years ago now, yeah. yeah. So Elvis is a little bit different, I, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and taking a look at you, people wouldn't maybe guess that you're an Elvis fan. So how did he get under your skin? Yeah, well, I, I guess um, for, for people my age, um, I think Elvis was just around for those first five or six years of my life, six or seven years of my life, yeah. and it was just part of the just part of the wallpaper. Um, Elvis died, I think I, I remember that quite clearly, but it wasn't until my early 20s that this movie uh, was released on VHS and we got a copy in our flat and we just went crazy for it when probably the rest, our friends, uh, were, were probably a little bit hipper 
Um, I think you could, you could say. And, uh, yeah, so we just really got into it. Um, the suits appealed to us, uh, me and my mate Jace, and we just really got into this movie. Um, and it's only 90 minutes long, and it just wasn't enough. Um, uh, we just couldn't, we couldn't get enough of it. Um, the movie's called Elvis on Tour. People may have come across it themselves. Is it, is it all, like, what is it? Is it a documentary? Yeah, is it's, it all it's a, on stage? It's a documentary. So what, what had happened is that he had um, stopped making movies uh, for the big studios, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those awful movies they ended up being. Um, he did a documentary about his first run in Vegas in 1970. Uh, in 1972, they decided to um, film him on the road. So they organised a tour. Uh, which um, was going to last a, a, about three weeks uh, or so. They were going to play uh, all sorts of places, uh, the most unreasonable and gruelling tour schedule um, all over the States. Um, uh, he had uh, a great band with him, the TCB band, uh, James Burton, uh, the lead guitarist, Ronnie Tut on the drums. Um, they played with just They've just played with everyone from Graham Parsons, uh, Emmylou Harris, uh, Roy Orbison, uh, all of those um, types of um, singers. Um, but it was it was that it was the backing singers, it was the the cool um, of Elvis of that period. Yeah. Can you describe him in 1972? People will have a few images of Elvis in their head. It's kind of grown up Elvis, right? Yeah, he he was still in pretty good shape, yeah. um, and he would he would take. Um, time between tours and between uh, gigs in Vegas uh, where he'd play there six weeks a couple of times every year. In between times he would probably blow out a wee bit but he'd get himself in shape for a tour Uh, and he does look pretty good in this film Um, not as good as probably he did in the film uh, prior to that in 1970 that was called That's the Way It Is. Um, Yeah it was a really good um, movie it was cut really interestingly Mm. Um, there were some interesting um, shots being used to Background shots of Elvis, you know, between uh, concerts, uh, backstage with his um, singers, and all that sort of thing, uh, and it was a really a good little snapshot of of what he was doing uh, at a certain period in 1972 before he went on to uh, perform in Hawaii the, the year afterwards, yeah. um, and before the real rot set in. Uh, where did that song we've already played, "Burning Love"? Where did that fit in? Well, that, that that was so it was that was from a rehearsal. Uh, that was his big single of that year. He really didn't like. Like the song that was from a rehearsal uh, just prior to the tour. Um, we got the band together, and this is uh, the, C- the CD we're playing them off is called Elvis on Tour. The rehearsals. Um, it was also released um, last year um, on a on a big box set, which I mm. haven't been able to afford yet. But <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, so so the, they really target people like yeah, you. They do eh? absolute bit of absolute money, schmuck, bit of nostalgia. But what what's, <laughs> what what is it about this movie? This movie just made me want to see more um, of yeah. of. Elvis of this period, um, and there really isn't much that has been released apart from this movie. Tell me about the song we're going to play next for the good times. For the good times. Well, this this one um, he recorded uh, in the studio. This version is uh, again from these rehearsals, um, but it was a song that was um, it, it was. Uh, Written by a contemporary of his, Chris Christopherson, um, Elvis didn't release the song uh, during his lifetime. It was released in the in the mid nineteen nineties. He does sing a little bit of it in the movie, hmm. uh, but this is for the good times from the rehearsals for the tour. Great. Don't look so sad. I know it's over 
life goes on And this old world will keep on turning Let's just be glad we had some time to spend together There's no need to watch the bridges that we're burning Chris Christopherson's song performed there by Elvis Presley and Elvis superfan Jeremy Parkinson, who's actually a producer first up here at RNZ National, is uh, generously offering some of his time to talk about this music and the movie um, and the man. Uh, interesting uh, track, eh? You said it reminded you of something Prince Tuiteka might say. Yeah, yeah, and I think he think I think he did do quite a few Chris Christopherson. You could probably hear anyone at any RSA anywhere singing. Those. Yeah, I thought of John yeah. Rolls, but maybe maybe because you just told me that John Rolls story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's just just uh, just amazing, um, Chris. Well, see, he didn't do these songs. He didn't release these songs necessarily because he would have had to pay. Um, you know, uh, publishing uh, on them, and 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 he he couldn't get the publishing rights from people like Chris Christopherson or Dolly Parton. Uh, he 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 wanted to um, record "I Will Always Love You," of course, and Dolly said no way. Uh, didn't do it. So he, Why? He, Can well, you explain that? To well, me? so he he used to take uh, in the nineteen fifties and sixties. Generally, he would um, approach a songwriter and cut a deal where he would make 
some of the publishing. So he would be written in as one of the writers of, of, of a song. Because he was so big yeah, that and, if he recorded your song, it would add something to the song. Absolutely. And you'd, you'd, make, you'd make bank and uh, you wouldn't huh. make anything if Elvis didn't do it. I mean, you might make something, but of course yeah. you're going to go with the king, man. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so he would do these songs. Uh, he would really love these songs and, and go to do them in a recording situation. And then they'd decide to not do it and because they didn't want to go through that. So the, what they'd do is they'd contract uh, writers to publishing co- to their own publishing companies and they would have these songs written um, specifically for Elvis or they would they would make a deal for it. For it. And one of these songs uh, is what we're going to play next, which is uh, Separate Ways. And it was written by uh, Elvis as one of his oldest friends and bodyguards, um, uh, Red West uh, and, and Red is one of the Memphis Mafia who you see in the movie travelling with Elvis uh, sort of always in the shot um, and, and he, he wrote the song Separate Ways and I think you'll all, all know it in the movie you see him singing this um, in this rehearsal and uh, you know it, it, you really get a sense of where Elvis is at at the moment uh, have a listen you'll know Separate Ways and uh, we'll have a bit more of a chat about it after, after the song this time, Lord, you gave me a mountain. I see a change is coming to our lives. It's not the same as it used to be. And it's not too late to realize our mistake. We're just not right for each other. Love has slipped away Left us only friends We almost seem like strangers All that's left between us Are the memories we share Times we thought we cared for each other There's nothing left to do but go our separate ways Pick up all the pieces left behind us And maybe someday Somewhere along the way Another love will find us Someday when she's older Maybe she why her mom and dad are not together The tears that she will cry I have to say goodbye Tear at my heart for There's nothing left to do But go our separate ways Pick up all the pieces left behind us and maybe someday, somewhere along the way, another love will find us. Oh, 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 o
Said National, Separate Ways by Elvis. Listening to it from Elvis Presley, Burning Love, the RCA rehearsals. It's all from that sort of 1972 period. It sounds like good Elvis, Jeremy Parkinson, although, you know, you're reminded that actually modern or popular music was going in a pretty different direction by 1972, wasn't it? Well, it was, but then, you know, this is, he's he's appealing to middle America and they're still listening to this stuff. I mean, the Carpenters sold more than the Doors, but which are the cooler, who's the cooler band, you know? Um, so, yeah, he, he was, he, he knew he was, what he, what he was aiming for in terms of an audience, but it was also just the songs he loved to sing. And, mm. and you know, he, he just loved singing songs. Um it, it, we all have our idea of our favourite Elvis or the cool Elvis and, and or whatever, but it was just him doing whatever he wanted to do. He 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 made he produced his own songs, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, it being exactly what he wanted to hear. The the songs that he listened to at home, he would bring, um, you know, he would try to to record those, uh, do deals on the publishing or whatever. And uh, and he wanted to, he really wanted to sound like this. He didn't want to sound like the 1950s Elvis. Mm-hmm. He wanted to mature with his audience, and I think that's what he did. Um, Maggie says, Jesse, thank you from a 72-year-old Elvis fan. He still makes my heart flutter. Hi, Jesse, says someone else. I was a young girl and I saw Elvis on TV when he made his first public appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show. My goodness, he was shocking with those swivelling hips. Not a lot of hip swivelling going on by 1972, but as you say, still looking in pretty good condition. Yeah, I think he'd, he'd, he'd I think probably still with the karate kicks in the concerts, he was still pretty active, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and I think the, the movie does show that. And, and the, 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 and the reason I've, I've sort of started thinking about this movie was because there is a lot of unseen footage. And, and a couple of years ago, I stumbled upon a few Facebook groups of people yeah. who actually wanted to see this stuff. You know, they, they've recorded seven. Or eight, I think, might have only been six shows from this tour. Um, sometimes three cameras, maybe only one camera. But there's a lot of footage just sitting unused. And um, when the Elvis movie came out last year, Baz Luhrmann, the director, must have seen a lot of this footage because he actually used some of this unseen footage in the movie Elvis. But they also based a lot of the um, the actual scenes in that movie almost move for move, yeah. shot for shot from this Elvis on tour movie. Did you enjoy that movie, by yeah, the way? Yeah, I did. Uh, but then I started thinking that really they couldn't do what they did if this stuff existed in the real world. If we could see the real Elvis doing it, we'd see the flaws in Austin Butler's portrayal. And, and he was a, it, right. it's a really good movie. In the same way as you wouldn't hire four actors to do the get-back sessions. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the get-back sessions, the... um. What was it called? The one that uh, the Peter Jackson. Did yeah, I think it was year. called Get Back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you can actually see the real that, Beatles. That's right. And, yeah. and so, so with in fact that that uh, Get Back was also you know, if this stuff is out there in a mountain somewhere, I think it was in a salt mountain. I think they, the vault is. Why haven't we been able to see it? I mean, you know. So, so that's what has got me listening to this music at the moment. Because a couple of weeks ago, Baz Luhrmann tweeted that he's about to do something with it. So, oh, wow. and it didn't come out in, in time for the fiftieth anniversary, which was last year. Yeah. But I mean, we don't know what it's going to be. But to see some of this footage from these concerts, from the rehearsals, it really is the last bit of Elvis we're yet to see. Everything else is out there. Um, so I can't wait. It, cool, it, it could cool. be it, it could be completely disappointing and, and it might not be anything, but they have a lot of uh, a lot of the footage. I think we, we should um, move on to the next song. I think yeah. um, one of the real highlights of the movie uh, is 
in these rehearsals is actually Elvis singing the gospel songs, which he loved so much, which gave you a really good idea of how he spent his time after shows uh, between uh, dates in Vegas. He'd have this band with him and the, this, the group, the, the gospel singers that he took with him on tour, they would sit around and, 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 and play these songs to each other and it was yeah. caught on tape. So Before I think, you go on, are you introducing I, John yeah, I think or, we should or go Proud to, Mary? I think we should go to I, John, actually. Okay. Uh, we'll go to I, John, um, because it gives you a – it really shows you what Elvis loved to do mm. to relax. Uh, this is I, John. Uh, if, you, if you're a churchgoer, you might know it. It wasn't a thing for me until I saw the movies. Okay. Okay. Here it comes. I Johnny saw mighty number Way up in the middle of the Different voices in there. That real bassy voice, that's not Elvis. That's J.D. Sumner. He was the bass singer. It was his quartet that was singing by J.D. Sumner, the Stamps Quartet. Uh, J.D. Sumner died a few years ago now, but uh, he was in the Guinness Book uh, for the lowest bass note ever recorded. So that's something. And he he, he used to, uh, Elvis was fascinated with bass singers. So that was, uh, so he made sure that, you know, he was uh, surrounded by people yeah. like J.D. Uh, Sumner. And people maybe don't associate Elvis with gospel, but he actually won a Grammy Award for gospel. Yeah, his only Grammy Awards came for for, for gospel music. One of them uh, was for this song. I don't think it was this version. This is How Great Thou Art, the the, um, classic Howard Morrison number. Um, Elvis won a couple of Grammys, I think, 
both for this, a live version of this and for a record version. But it, it really is um, a, a great version of a great song. Uh, how great thou art. Thank you. We'd like to do a gospel song for you, ladies and gentlemen, that we did called How Great Thou Art. Thank you very much. It's Elvis Presley doing How Great They Are at uh, the house of Howard Morrison. So Howard Morrison version, Fakari Amai. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, I think he performed that in front of the Queen for some reason on a tour. Of yeah, 81, the yeah, Royal, yeah. Royal Command yeah, performance. That's yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Uh, Teeks and Holly Smith did it uh, too around the uh, mosque attacks. Um, Susie is listening. She says, Jesse, there's a film on Rialto called Something Along the Lines of Elvis Mafia. And a lot of the footage in that doco came from this special. It's a great doco and a very interesting watch, she says. Have you come across that? No, I haven't. I'll have to get on the streaming services. Uh, Wanda says, I was living in Vale in 1974 and Elvis and his entourage were staying. 
No one saw them during the day, but they all went out in snowmobiles at night and raced around the ski fields. Then they left town, left all the snowmobiles lying around. It was first in, first served. What a life, eh? <laughs> <laughs> wonder. Um, so you'll be watching Baz Luhrmann to see what comes. In the meantime, worth people looking up this movie 50 years oh, later? It, it absolutely is. It, it, could, it could do with a clean-up. It looks a little bit, you know, if, if, you can, if you can find it on the streaming services. I don't know if they've done a remaster of it, but it really is a great movie and, and, and a, a period of Elvis, Elvis's life that you, you have an idea of. You know, you know about the suits and you know about the glasses and the, and the big bushy sideburns, but, you know, until you've seen, you know, a movie like this, you don't, you've, you've only really got an idea in your mind of what it, what he was like, but you, you know you really got to see it. And when this um, concert footage, if it does come out, I think it will blow a few people's minds. I mean, I think that's what happened uh, a few years ago when that uh, that's the way it is came out, and and and, and they recut that, mm. which is the nineteen seventy movie. Right. It, people just you know had this idea of of, uh-huh. of an Elvis that you know wasn't real. You know, it was just something in their imaginations. We're out of time, but the um, probably the best known track would be Suspicious Minds. Yeah, I'll, totally. I'll, I'll give that a spin after three o'clock. Jeremy, thanks so much. Anytime. Jeremy Parkinson, producer on First Up here on RNZ National with his favourite music, Elvis 1972.